My name is Scott Chaloner and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a dark and dreary autumn day here in the capital, but here to hopefully add a little bit of brightness to your affairs is Dr. Belinda Board, founder and CEO of PeopleWise. Uh, Belinda, welcome to the show and thank you ever so much for joining us on today's programme. Thank you very much, Scott, and a warm welcome to you and your listeners. It's a real pleasure having you with us, Belinda. Now, just for those listeners tuning into the podcast today that may not be familiar with yourself and your organisation, you're one of the world's leading business psychology firms, I believe I'm right in saying, aren't you? Yes, that's right, Scott. So we work, so we're all business psychologists, and we work in industry for industry to really ensure, particularly from that people perspective, that organisations are operating at their optimum, uh, enabling them to change and ultimately realising that, that the human potential they've got within their organisation so that both individuals and their organisations can thrive. It's, it's really about that, that thriving piece. Mm, absolutely fantastic. And I feel it would be remiss of me if we didn't talk about some of the operational challenges that the COVID-19 pandemic has sort of thrust upon you on your mission over the last couple of years. Um, what has that been like from your perspective managing through this period? So I think, Scott, with the advent of, of COVID-19, I think the first thing that, that, that I think hit everybody across the planet, but instantly for us and, and, and our industry, was just that fundamental shift from engaging in the business of, of business psychology of working with people, which tended to be, of course, face-to-face. You know, most of us uh, were very used to engaging uh, with other human interaction, as I say, uh, at, a, at, a, at a face-to-face level, and that changed overnight. That that was literally flipped on a coin to becoming virtual, and and with that, you know, new virtual reality came with it. I think pretty quickly uh, a change in habits for a lot of people. And I think from an operational challenge point of view, what we found was that I think we saw a real difference in those people that adapted pretty quickly to that to that change and those that really struggled. Now, I'm not going to simplify it by suggesting that it was only one variable that affected people that struggled more. That would be, uh, that would be grossly inaccurate. However, we do that for a variety of reasons that some people and some organisations struggled more to adapt very quickly to this new norm, as we called it, of working from home and trying to engage in everything from leadership development in our industry, executive coaching, uh, assessment of talent, building architectures within industries and organisations, all of that work had to be done virtually. And and that meant logistical issues, it meant uh, engagement issues. You know, keeping people engaged was one of, I think, one of the really big operational challenges. Now, what we did as PeopleWise was we very quickly, perhaps because of our background as psychologists, we very quickly understood that that connectivity piece, that keeping engaged piece was going to be critical. So we implemented an all hands, which we had every day, that meant that every single person in the organisation across the globe was connected back in, if you like, to the to the you know, head office, if you will, so that there was a sense of, of oneness, a sense of we're in this together because being a pandemic across the globe, there was also a weird unification because we were all experiencing something bizarre, but also very similar. 
Mm, yes, and I think you make a very valid point there, Belinda, in the sense that we have all been very much in the same boat as leaders. And one thing that leaders have very quickly also had to get to grips with is sort of how to kind of change their approach to keep on top of mental health and well-being as they've transferred over to this digital world, because it is a lot more difficult to sort of gauge mental health and well-being amongst your colleagues when you're sort of working virtually and deployed potentially all across the globe as opposed together in an office space. Um, Is that something that you've seen that leaders have had to sort of really go and change the way that they go about doing those sorts of things, monitoring mental health and well-being and making sure that it is in the right place? Uh, Very significantly, Scott. I think both within our own organisation and then, you know, consulting out to all of our our clients across various industries. You know, well-being, um, I think, was put front and centre more than I have ever seen it in my career. And that, that the whole point of that thing is this, uh, you know, disengagement, the, the lack of connectivity uh, that, that, that came because of the remoteness. And I think from a leadership perspective, leaders very quickly from frontline leaders all the way up to CEOs had to very quickly, if they were going to manage their people, in, in, a, in a very positive way, had to learn some pretty quick skills in how to engage with people in a remote sense. And that is doing things, as I said, like doing all hands, having stand-ups in the morning and connecting with people, helping, you know, coaching people, uh, you know, in, 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 a, in a much more direct way because you don't have the, the water cooler conversation anymore. Mm. That, that was all gone. Um, so, so leaders had to, I believe, adapt very quickly to bring in more structure, more architecture that people felt safe and secure with. And that's where I think we saw a real increase in the whole idea of the psychological safety. You know, that's, it's not a new term. It's been around for some time. However, again, it was thrust into the forefront of, of, of media in, in particular because people needed to feel that there was an environment where they were safe to contribute. It was safe to feel okay that I'm struggling. You know, a, a leader has to be able to assess, you know, virtual uh, situation far more quickly if there are mental health challenges going on with their people. And we know that being able to recognise that uh, can be quite challenging uh, mm. in different you know, groups within the community. And I suppose a significant challenge as well is that when you're sort of sucked into that kind of business survival mode, it's about sort of leading by example on the self-care side, isn't it? Because one thing that we've been talking about, particularly within our organisation, the Leaders Council of late, is the risk of sort of CEO burnout, the burnout that business leaders experience. And I suppose when you're prioritising everybody else's well-being and, as I say, you're in that survival mode, the chips are down and you're very much fully focused for sort of 24-7, it can be hard to kind of take that step back as and when you need to as well. And so recognising when you need to do that is also incredibly important, isn't it? Yeah, and, and again, that's, that's one of the things that we really, and I personally recognise in myself as the CEO, but, but, but also in working with other organisations. I think, you know, something that we, we've been saying to leaders and that's so important, first of all, you know, because, you know, thinking clearly is one of those critical skills that that is essential in crisis, and 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 you know to pause and, and take a breath, and I mean literally, 
And then, and then to ask yourself things like, you know, what do I know? What don't I know? What am I missing? But also, most importantly, know that you aren't doing this alone. And I think there can be a tendency for for leaders to at times hunker down and think that they're carrying these crises on their own shoulders, on their own. And I think nothing can be further from the truth. I think a strong, adaptive leader is a leader that lets other people in, that shares that, that is open about what's happening for them, for others, and puts a clear direction in because that's also critical, but also to show that we uh, are as vulnerable as, as others. And I think showing that human side, particularly in a crisis, and bringing in other people is a critical, a critical skill to, to deploy. It's authenticity, isn't it? It is so, so important in leadership today because it does harbour that trust that is so, so important. And I think without that trust being there, it's a lot more difficult to sort of maintain morale during a time of crisis, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, I, I'm, I'm smiling, Scott, because I think authenticity is one of those words that it sort of became very popular um, in, in business speak in the last decade, and it, it really wasn't around before that. And I think there are a number of things that catapulted it into the front line. You know, what I guess what I would say is that, yes, just being yourself, being true to yourself, and as a leader, we know being consistent is absolutely critical. So empowering others by letting them in um, is, 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 is so important and being connected. But so too is being consistent. And I think uh, being consistent allows people to be able to predict. And of course, predictability is one of the psychological things that we've lost in the last two years. If you look at just even now, Scott, as we look for ongoing announcements from the government, part of the uncertainty that we experience, part of that you know, psychological fluttering that we experience is because our ability to predict our futures has been significantly marred. And so a leader being consistent in their behavior and saying as they do and doing as they say is critical, particularly again in times of uncertainty, which is of course where we are. We are exactly and it is so difficult to actually plan ahead when we're so uncertain about the future but I think one thing that we can be very sure of is the fact that when it comes to recruitment in business especially and this is something from my perspective that business leaders do need to be very aware of is the fact that what prospective employees want from their employers is starting to change in terms of culture and priority. Um, we're seeing, of course, in the UK at the moment that the government recently had a consultation on making the right to request a flexible working arrangement a right to have. And that is something that's, of course, very popular among those that are out there looking for work at the moment, that sort of flexible working arrangement, if it's there. But also they're looking at whether their prospective employers have things like mental health and well-being at the forefront of their priorities. And I suppose if you don't have that, very much in your priority set as a business leader you're not going to be able to sort of tap into that resource of talent that's going to be there in the future so these changing priorities these changing attitudes these are something that the modern business leader has got to be very very aware of too aren't they yes look i think you've just opened up a, a, a huge area scott you know you said a couple of things you talked about you know the whole 
um, recruitment market and what's going on in the scarcity of talent. You've also opened up the whole line around, well, how should a leader be thinking, mm. you know, in these times, you know, that, that sort of BAU, the, the deliver now, having that now focus versus that future focus. So let's just unpack that a bit. I think if we look at what's going on in the recruitment market, that employer-employee pendulum of power, if you will, where is the power sitting? Is it more with employees? Is it more with employers? I think it's really interesting. I don't think it is as straightforward as we think. So I, I, I'm definitely seeing um, both in our, in our organization and out in, in, in the market. Yes, we're definitely seeing, and the literature tells us, flexibility, flexibility, flexibility. People, through, through changing habits, through understanding what it's like now to be able to work from home a few days a week and in the office, are really now in, not even just embracing, but you know, demanding that, that, that they want this flexibility. And that flexibility, of course, that, that of course actually can you know, become more challenging for an organisation. If that organisation and leader doesn't adapt to the, and understand that you can have predictability of your talent in a different way. Talent can be, people can be you know, predictable, but they can be predictable by giving them that flexibility. Mm. And I think that's a, that's a really interesting uh, challenge for leaders at the moment because I think if leaders don't tap into the fact that, look, employees want that flexibility, uh, and I think that's here to stay. I think that is a habit mm. that we've formed in the last few years that we're going to take forward. I don't think all habits will. I think some of the habits that we have formed in the last couple of years will be redundant in the next five years. But I think that flexibility is here to stay to some extent in many industries. Of course, it's not feasible in some industries to, to the same extent. But then other things that employees are wanting, I think, are common to both employee and employer. So, for example... We know that there's a, a capability shortage in that, for example, you know, digital skills, you know, um, understanding things like um, how to take care of our fellow colleagues, you know, you know mental health carers. It's become much more common now in industry for that. You know, having your values aligned, um, being able to think in a really critical way. These are skills that individuals want, but they're also skills that employers want. So I think the divide is far less. I think the really, I think the key to all of this is leaders need to understand how they create a culture that I think is enabling of others, which means we need to build in flexibility, but also I think tune into that whole mental health and well-being piece. And I think my my concern there, Scott, is that mm. I've seen already a shift in that space. So when when the when the pandemic first hit because of our background as psychologists, I very quickly ended up on some global advisory councils for a lot of our large clients and was advising on how to very quickly adapt to what they needed. So getting line managers skilled up very quickly to have conversations, to keep connected, et cetera. And well-being, as I said, um, was front and center and making sure that people's mental health was as important as people's physical health. But interestingly, an anecdotal observation I've had in the last, three months has been a shifting away from that, a, a gear shift where industry obviously is trying to ramp itself up. And I understand why leaders are now trying to accelerate uh, the operational business that they are engaged in. However, one would hope that at the same time, you get the same increase and focus on the mental health and the well-being of people. 
because if you you don't, then I believe that we're going to to, to really um, suffer. People are going to suffer significantly as we continue to carve out our new ways of working. And I've just started to see a shift, I think, in the mood of industries that 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 that, I, uh, that, 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 that I'm seeing more broadly out in the community. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean uh, some frustration is creeping in. I think with many people now being triple jabbed, for example, um, I think leaders are asking, how do we how do we manage the triple jab with people being asked to go back in for all the reasons that the government has ex- you know explained to us about needing to go back into into isolation where possible, working from home, to help obviously the wider community, but at the same time trying to manage those operational challenges. And I think we need to make sure that we balance uh, the need for today with driving obviously the the, the economy uh, at the same time. And I think that is a really difficult seesaw to balance, Scott. It is absolutely. And um, just for those sort of younger listeners that might be tuning into this uh, podcast, uh, many of them, um, Belinda, are of that sort of entrepreneurial stock and might have that sort of big idea to start a business of their own, but might not necessarily be sure how to go about implementing that idea just because of the landscape out there, the uncertainty. They don't know, obviously, what they're going to be able to do operationally in the next uh, few weeks. Um, So just for those people that might be tuning in, as sort of an experienced business psychologist yourself, what is the biggest single piece of advice that you would give to somebody like that to really sort of get them to embark on the road to success at a time as difficult as this? So I I think there's um, some really simple advice. I think in terms of the thinking, and I tie this also back to to, to leaders generally, but I think that entrepreneurial leadership requires two things. You know, a vertical axis and, and, and a horizontal axis. The vertical axis has to be about a now focus. If you if you think about I'm I'm drilling down and into what is the business that I'm, you know, trying to embark on right now, and and what does that focus need to be, and the determination to really um, pull that through with with strong positive resilience. I think the horizontal axis has to be a future focus, and 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 that. So that, that, that T-junction thinking that all leaders, uh, whether you're an entrepreneurial startup or whether you are uh, a, a, a well, uh, a well and, uh, tried and tested CEO of a larger business, you have to be able to balance and pivot between those two points of focus now and future focus. And being able to do that with a clarity of purpose uh, is absolutely critical. And don't waver from what that purpose is. Be clear about that 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 north star, the purpose, and 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 have the determination to to go for that, and make sure that you build out that positive resilience by staying connected with others, because those connections which we've been researching uh, in the last couple of years with our positive resilience, those connections and having a clear sense of purpose are two of the most important things that anyone can do as they lead a business, as they start a business as they keep engaged with a business absolutely uh, absolutely critical Mm. and your research as well um, has included areas such as what constitutes and sustains toxic leadership traits as well i'm aware so 
on the other side of the coin, what are some of the things to avoid for those young leaders that might just be starting out? It's going to be the opposite, isn't it? it mm. It's definitely going to be the opposite, isn't it? It's in terms of what not to do. So if we think about, you're right, you know, as leaders, there's five critical capabilities that, that really do you know, predict that great leadership. And the first is thinking wisely, which is about being clear, flexible, making decisions. You know, once you've, once you've looked at those options, pull down, make a decision, go forward um, and, and do it in a really decisive way. Back yourself. That's, you know, that, if I had two words for entrepreneurial startups, back yourself. It's a white knuckle ride, but it's also a super exciting ride. And the time is right. The next is engage widely. In other words, include others. We talked about that earlier, Scott. Don't, don't think that you are alone and that you can walk that line alone. And so engage widely, talk to people, uh, bring people with you uh, so that you've got that support. And as I say, be consistent. I think you know, the next is lead boldly. So in other words, as I said, back yourself, be brave and, and, and maintain you know, that control and, that, and, and, and those relationships with others. I think then it's really about you know, transforming minds that you are growing a business, whether it's a startup, whether it's an SME, whether it's a large corporation. And that means you've got to keep that perspective. All too often during this pandemic, we've seen one of the biggest challenges is people have lost their perspective in their thinking. It's been hijacked. And so they go down to the size of a pinhead and they cannot see the wood for the trees. There's a really simple technique, balcony thinking. In other words, pull yourself back, pull yourself up in terms of your thinking and look back and ask yourself, what am I missing? Keep that perspective and persevere through the challenges. Um, and then finally, I guess that the fifth is really to perform in a really purposeful way. And that's where that having that purpose, having that now and future focus is critical. Um, and, and they are the things to, to really do and therefore make sure that you're doing those as opposed to thinking you can go it alone and that you don't have the wherewithal. It's, it's a great market. It's an exciting mm. time uh, to be going into business. It is absolutely, and some of the greatest businesses have sprung from times of economic hardship, as we've seen so often in the past. So it is a time for people to really get into the market with their big idea and make that materialise. And sort of having talked about some of those things that the leaders of the future do need to prioritise, Belinda, lastly, just before we wrapped up on the show today, I want to talk about yourselves and people-wise. Um, over the next 12 months, of course, all being well with the trajectory of the pandemic, um, what is it that you personally are looking to achieve? And where do you see yourselves by this time in 2022? So I think for, for people-wise, we, you know, we follow a really simple model as we enable change. So we're looking to grow through our technology. I think uh, a, a, a fantastic opportunity that we have to offer out into industries, really threading through that DNA, Scott, of, of psychology and technology, which is something that's a, a real sweet spot for us. And so we are continuing to look for opportunities to grow both on our own and in partnership with other SMEs that allow us to really leverage, as I say, our technology, but also our psychology to help, you know, wider industry grow. So we're looking to grow internally in that way and we're looking to grow into the wider market. You know, we're also looking, if I think about, you know, we have a, a really simple way of looking at, at change, you know, and, and how you adapt as leaders. 
uh, and organizations. You know, the first is you can, you can change the organization. If you're wanting to adapt, you can change yourself internally. And we're definitely responding to the market demands, which are more virtual. I mean, no doubt that certainly the first half of next year, we are going to be operating in pretty much a virtual world. Uh, I'm very confident of that. But I think there are then, you know, there are hopes that, that the market will, that we'll adapt and we'll learn how to live with COVID. Uh, it's not going anywhere, but we're adapting to it, right? And so mm. as we adapt within the system to COVID, which, you know, from a human point of view, then I think, as I say, you, if we think about changing the organization, which is something all leaders can do, PeopleWise will be changing itself to evolve in this ongoing virtual world and really bringing through technology. I think the other thing we can do is we can then, the second thing we can do is shape the environment. So we can change ourselves, our, our organization, but we can also shape the environment. I think we as an organization, I think, but also for, for listeners out there to think about how can you shape the environment that you're in? You know, what can you influence? You know, what are the things that you can do as you're looking to either start up a business or grow your business? Where are the points that you can really shape? And there are things we can do right now. And I know for us, it's building out new relationships with new, new organizations, as I said, new joint ventures, um, uh, you know, which are very important to us. And then I think finally, uh, find a new environment. That's the third way you can really adapt. So when you think about finding new environments, if you look at different industries at the moment, there are some very exciting industries that are growing. They are creating new space. They're not just grabbing space from each other. I mean, you look at just industries like logistics, that it is growing exponentially as we continue to click online and buy. So it's about finding new environments where you can take your ideas to, take your leadership, take your offering to. Mm, absolutely. It's a very, very exciting time for those looking to venture into a business and those already in business to really develop and sort of embrace this changing new world that we find ourselves in. And I think even as we start to understand more about what sort of shape that new world is going to take, Belinda, I'd love the opportunity to actually welcome you back onto this uh, program just to sort of catch up again on how things are uh, coming along and Obviously, it's an ever-changing world. Things are obviously different by the week. So it'd be interesting to have a look at what we've said today retrospectively and just see what has come to pass. Uh, I think that would be really interesting, Scott, because I think if you distill it all down, you know, the psychology of leadership, the psychology of uh, an organization, and then more broadly, the psychology of any ecosystem that you inhabit, and let's face it, we've all experienced one big petri dish in the last two years. You know, if you distill it all down, we're human beings. We have very common, a very common set of ideas. I believe much more common than uncommon. And how we are going to harness that and pull together, I think, to find a common way forward that is going to enable us all to, to realise our potential. Which is, let's face it, what we want to do as human beings. We're curious souls. We want to realise our potential. And I think, as leaders, as organisations, our job is to help help others realize their potential as, as well as our own so I, i'd love to come back and see mm. how did we get on yeah absolutely when you do realize what talent you have at your disposal there is no limit to that potential that your business has you're absolutely right and for any listeners tuning in that may want to sort of consult the help of a business psychologist so you can help sort of transform human behavior within your organization and really make it stick uh, your website is uh, peoplewise.co.uk belinda that's right isn't it Yes, it is. And thanks so much, Scott. It's been a real pleasure. 
yeah absolutely feel free to of course give the uh, the site a visit anybody tuning in that may be interested in some of the things that we've discussed today um dr belinda board thank you again for joining us on today's program and uh, do take care and stay safe with all that's still going on in the world as well thank you scott stay safe yourself cheers uh, Yes, and to every listener tuning in today as well, I do hope that you all enjoyed today's interview with Dr. Belinda and do have a very, very Merry Christmas and enjoy the upcoming holidays. And I should also add that if you feel listening to this that you have your own story of success and of innovation to share with us here at the Leaders' Council, then by all means, you also can apply to be on the programme via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Until the next time we return, everybody please take care and goodbye.